Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. I was asking the Lord after last Sunday, if you were here, it was kind of intense. It was really intense. And I was like, Lord, that really was you, right? I've never kind of moved in that kind of anointing before, which is kind of what we just tasted a few seconds ago. And we had somebody come, we had a group come up, I was prophesying everybody, I wasn't trying to do anything. Y'all, I don't think about this stuff, just so you know. I don't go home and think about your issues. I don't go home and think about your sin. I don't go home and think about your struggles. Do you know how crazy I would be if I spent all my time thinking about you? Amen? I don't spend all my time thinking about that. I hang out with God. I, right now I'm renovating a house. I do what he wants, and he, has, he just works it all out. Amen? I entered into his rest, and I'm staying there. So when I preach on Sunday morning... I'm not preaching from an opinion or gossiping with somebody or anything else. God is just going to do what he's going to do. He wants to rescue you. He seriously wants to rescue you. Nobody can do it for you. He wants to rescue you, and you have to decide to be rescued. Your generation has to decide to be rescued. Your generation has to decide to be rescued. And fathers have failed you. Mothers have failed you. Churches have failed you. But God will never fail you. Amen? Well, so anyway. So we were up here and I was prophesying in the first group. It was really cool and nice and yay, yay. Then we got to the next group. And there started a manifestation of a poor me, of a hurt place, of a crying, whining, little poor me. And instead of a loving, what seemed in our thinking of what a loving response would be, came an extremely powerful rebuke, followed by a very powerful prophetic word that Rose gave that was really powerful. And the whole thing was so intense and so much like kind of what we just heard, ho! And I'm like, God, I've never operated quite and that kind of a Holy Spirit takeover of rebuke and correction. And I want to know that it's you and not something in me. I want to make sure there's nothing mean in me. I want to make sure I'm not somebody's judge. I want to make sure that that was you. So God, I, I feel like it was you. I wasn't thinking about any of that. I love these people. I, I you know, would do, do almost anything. You've changed my heart about people. So I don't, I don't get, but Lord, that would make anybody run out of the church. We we're kind of Thankful it wasn't many new people here and just a few people here. So he didn't answer me right away. I know my heart is I just want to serve you, God. I just want to do what you want, how you want. You know, I don't know what to tell you. So then I was at Nags Head, and I really worked at Nags Head, you guys. I'm cleaning the home, Lord. So I said, um, 
I said, God. So all of a sudden, Lord said, why don't you go read this? And he, and he put a scripture in my head. So I went to look up where it was. And it was 2 Corinthians, I believe it's 10. Let me check. Okay, this is it. Okay, 2 Corinthians 10. I had gone to 11. All right. Now, God gave me, this is what God does with me. This is how he teaches me. This is how he's always, always taught me. Ever from the day when I said, Lord, teach me your ways. I don't care what anybody else's books say. I want you to teach me. Show me what happened, why, why Lauren died prematurely. Show me what happened. Show me everything. Amen? Can I tell you he does that for me? Because I asked him to with all my heart. And I don't have a preconceived idea. So I don't sit there and decide, ooh, what if everybody leaves if I do this? I don't think like that. Lord, what do you want to do? And I'll repent and apologize if I miss it. Amen? So... The Lord, so Lord goes, okay, we're now doing that again. And now we're going to teach you what the apostolic's going to look like. We're going to teach you how powerful it is. We're going to teach you what's coming to the church. How many think that's kind of cool? So here we go. 2 Corinthians 10.1. And when I read this, the Holy Spirit was all over me. And he was giving me a play-by-play, so to speak, in my head of what happened last Sunday when he came through me and rebuked somebody for the sin of thinking the devil was stronger than him. Any believer who hangs on to a victim mentality, even for one minute, is actually saying that the devil is bigger than God. The devil is bigger than Christ in you. The devil, what the devil did hurting you, using a parent, using uh, a stranger, using a teacher. What you're saying to God is what the devil did is stronger than Christ dying for me, taking all my sin and sending his Holy Spirit to live in me. And that is a sin against God. That is a sin against God. See, we all get pulled into the poor me stuff. We all get pulled into, look what horrible thing happened to them. And we should have compassion, amen? We should have compassion. Some people have gone through some horrific things. People in this building have gone through some of the most horrific things I've ever heard. But compassion changes things. Compassion took Jesus to the cross. Compassion had him beaten, whipped, had him become sin. He became that sin on the cross. He let all those demons touch him, molest him, hurt him, everything possible on that cross so that he could finish it, bury it, bury it once and for all, raise back up and set us free by his blood. And when we refuse to be set free, we are agreeing with the lie of the devil that Satan is bigger. I'm telling you, the day's over, people. You better start accepting that cross now. You better start repenting now and meaning it. Amen? God's not playing games anymore. There's going to be a falling away. Those who will not recognize how big, powerful, and mighty God is are going to fall away in this hour. In the great falling away, you won't be walking with the Lord. You may hear a lot of preachers who'll preach what you want to hear. You may be able to find that probably media is going to show you more pastors who will say lies, but you won't hear truth and you won't know God. And you might go into a deception where you think you're hanging out with God and you don't even know him. Amen. He is who he says he is in his word. And he is a holy God and he is a powerful God. And he is not at all going to be blessing anyone who goes along with this lie that he does not know how to make the male and female in his image. Amen? 
So listen to this. Now, please listen. This is, I'm reading from the Passion Translation because that's the one the Lord had me go to and it was really powerful. I encourage you to get the Passion Translation. You can download it. If you have eSword, you can purchase it. Um, I don't use it for everything, but God's been having me use it a lot right now. It's, everything in it is translated according to the Strong's, it's just there's a lot of different, if you've ever looked at Strong's, there could be like 50, maybe not 50, about 20 different things one word could mean. And he went in and found a different word than some of the other translations and some things. And a lot of it had to do with intimacy with the Lord and closeness with the Lord. And he is a very godly man. Amen. He's a scholar. He didn't do this lightly. He seriously studied, studied Greek and Hebrew and did all of that. So he says, now please listen. Now this is, this is <clears throat> Paul as an apostle having to bring correction. Now please listen, for I need to address an issue. I'm making this personal appeal to you by the gentleness and self-forgetfulness of Christ. I am the one who is humble and timid when face-to-face with you, but bold and outspoken when a safe distance away. Now he's basically telling you what the false apostles or the other leaders are saying. They're saying, oh, you know what, he's in his letters. Now, remember, they didn't come together every week, right? When he went, he only saw these people sometimes once every couple of years. So most of his communication was through letters, amen? They didn't have telephones. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have computers. So he's saying, look, I have to keep telling you what God's showing me, and I'm showing it to you in letters. And everyone says, well, you know, in letters, he's really bold and outspoken. Well, how many know in the Holy Spirit, I'm bold and outspoken. Amen? But they're saying, but when you see him, he's really timid. There's not that much to him. Okay, so basically, somebody's putting him down. Like, well, if he shows up there, there'll be no power on what he's saying. That's what they're, they're saying here. Amen? But I want you to see this. He was concerned with their issues. He was concerned, and he addressed their issues. Holy Spirit is going to address issues here. Amen? Amen? He's going to address real issues. He's not trying to make up a lot of sermons to put out a book. He's already got a book. I mean, he's already got a really good book. And he's not trying to make me rich, and he's not trying to make me popular. Amen? He wants me, led by his spirit, to deal with issues. That's what we've been doing on Tuesday nights. Most churches don't do that. Most churches that I know of don't get personal and actually deal with people's issues. So I'm going to let you know this. Let everybody know this. The apostolic outpouring that's coming, true apostles coming on the scene will be issue-oriented. They will deal with issues. You know what happens when you deal with somebody's issues? You help them get free. Amen? You don't judge them because of issues. You don't condemn them because of issues. You don't hate them because of issues. You don't shame them or scorn them because of issues. You help them break through where they're blind, where they don't understand, so they can walk out into who they are in Christ Jesus and have a wonderful life. Amen? So a counterfeit of this would be terrible, right? A counterfeit would be shaming and mocking and scorning and laughing behind the scenes. How many know there's always going to be a counterfeit when there's a real? So get ready, because you're going to see the church get into crazy, crazy control. You're going to see the church who people aren't mature, people who haven't gone through the fire, people who haven't got the heart to love people, people who aren't really intimate with the Lord, you're going to watch immature, immature people, which I have been, 
you, and still have stuff in their heart because they won't go through sanctification. Watch those weapons that Satan put in their heart and it's going to hurt people. And they're still going to be real ministers, but they're, until God gets a hold of them, they're going to hurt people. Amen? So just get ready to forgive. You're also going to have a total counterfeit. People who've fallen away, don't know God at all, who's going to have that tyranny, that tyrant spirit and try to control and manipulate everybody and have counterfeit power. And I've seen that in a church in Rhode Island and it was scary. Amen. Then you're going to have those who are going to become lukewarm, wishy-washy, and try to keep the church like it is without an apostolic outpouring and and everybody will go feel good even though they won't have true authority to be able to live and arise in this day that we're living in, okay? Amen? And then God can use those other things, but he's also going to raise up really apostolic ministry. So in other words, apostles who look like Paul and more like Jesus. So if you want to see what apostles look like, you read about Paul and Peter because they're the main two apostles that are really highlighted in the New New Testament. Amen? And then you always look at Jesus because he's called an apostle. All right. He says, now I plead with you that when I come, don't force me to take a hard line with you, but I'm willing to. So what's the heart of Paul, a true apostle? Look, if I have to be tough, I'm going to be tough. If I have to try to stop you from going to hell, I'm going to do it, even if everybody's upset. And let me tell you something. When Paul wrote letters, they read them out loud to the whole church. So don't say he wouldn't have done that in front of the whole church. He couldn't because he couldn't get there. So he sent, not only did he do it in front of that church, when he wrote letters, many times it went to all the churches. And they were read out loud as from Paul as an apostle. So we got to quit thinking some of these ridiculous things we're thinking because of their way of doing things back then that they had no other way to do it. Amen? They went out of their way to get those letters to all those different places and had them read out loud in the presence of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Okay. So I plead with you that when I come, don't force me to take a hard line with you, which I'm willing to do, by daring to confront those who mistakenly believe that we are living by the standards of the world and not by the Spirit's wisdom and power. Now listen to that. Remember this per- that last week when the Lord demonstrated this and I asked him to show me in Scripture. Isn't that cool? That this person who'd been really wounded, I'm not judging that they were really wounded, but if you're going to keep letting your woundedness, if you're going to keep letting what Satan did to you, if you're going to keep being a victim... God can't help you, and it will probably take you to hell. You'll be part of the great falling away. Now, maybe you'll barely get into heaven, thank God, right? But don't you want to live victorious? I don't want to just pretend that these end times are going to be easy for people. Amen? I don't think these are going to be easy times for our kids. So we had better really, really pray that they get the fear of the Lord. Amen? And do this God's way. So he's basically saying, um, so we have to quit living. We have to, the true apostles and those who are going to be mature in this day, teaching and preaching, have got to confront those who mistakenly believe we live by the standards of the world. All right, so what's the standards of the world? 
Well, right now the standards of our world is that um, you can be anything you want to be and everybody else has to agree that that's who you are. That's the standard of the world. Fornication is a standard of the world. Oh, live together first and then get married. That's the standard of the world. Amen? That, oh, it doesn't matter who you love, you're not hurting anybody else or having sex with. Those are standards of the world. The kind of music people listen to. Don't listen to music that promotes the standards of the world. Well, they can't hurt you. Well, tell that to God. Tell that to Jesus who died to set you free from living by the standards of the world. And God is very serious about this in this age. If you will soften your heart, he will begin to convict you of things he does not want you participating in. We are in that season. Amen? Many are called, few are chosen. You can choose to be called and not chosen if you want. I'm going to let go of going by the standards of the world. This whole thing that we've been talking about this morning that we showed you and things like that, it's based on the standards of the world, right? So Lord, show us what to do. Give us truth. Amen? All right. For although we live in the natural realm, everybody say, I live in the natural realm. Okay, believe that. We don't wage a military campaign using human weapons. All right? We don't use human weapons to fight our fights. We don't humiliate. We don't, we don't brainwash. We don't shame. We don't beat. We don't um, threaten. We don't use human methods when we fight. So that's a place to go and say, Lord, get this out of my heart. You don't scream and yell at somebody. That's not how you fight. Amen. You use, you don't use human methods. You use godly methods. Amen. All right. We don't use manipulation to achieve our aim. We don't use manipulation. We need to pray and get rid of manipulation. What is manipulation? Manipulation is I'll do this if you do that. It's, it's like trying to figure out how to make somebody do what you want them to do. So we need to get rid of that. We need to just be straight for it. Look, this is, this is how it is. This is what's going to happen. That's not to say there's consequences, especially with children. You know, this is what's going to happen if you do this, and this is why, and we're trying to protect you, whatever, okay? And that's another whole teaching. But we don't use manipulation. Manipulation is when you think, if I do this, they'll do that. That's manipulation. And, and it's, how many know we live in a culture of nothing but manipulation? Media manipulation, political manipulation, um, this whole thing about to be whatever and not to be whatever. <laughs> We're on Facebook now. It's all manipulation. You're all being manipulated to stand in line to see if you have a cold. You're all being manipulated to see if you can come to church because you might catch a cold. You're all be we have gone through the most intense manipulation and brainwashing since 2020 that this nation has ever come under. Other nations have it all the time. If you go to Russia, you have loudspeakers all the time, all the crazy stuff they tried to bring here, we've seen there. And we have pushed back, thank God, amen? We've pushed, keep pushing back. But that doesn't mean you discount real science. 
It doesn't mean you don't seek God and make a decision based on what he shows you. And nobody in this place can blame me for your decision to, you know what, or not. Amen? I don't condemn you if you do. I don't condemn you if you don't. I'm not going to take the place of God. Amen? No poison shall harm you. There is not a medicine anywhere that does not have side effects. You see it on, just because they're not telling you because they can't get sued. That's the only reason they're not telling you. And that's wrong. This should not be an exception to anything else. And we need to pray for that. Lord, get this back into the realm where people are responsible for if they push something that's unsafe. Amen? And if someone does something against my constitutional rights as an employer, they need to pay the penalty. Amen? We want our rights back. We want our rights back. That's what we need to be praying. You need to add some of these prayers every day while you're talking to God. Amen? You live in this nation. You have these rights. You better hold on to them. You better not let them manipulate. You're talking about manipulation. Manipulating people because of their ancestors' sins. Or manipulation people because of their ancestors, how they were in bondage. Is that not manipulation? hundred years later, to try to stop our constitutional rights that God gave us that are biblical? Amen. So we've got to get above manipulation, not to fall from manipulation. The Bible says that your yes be yes and your no be no. Decide ahead of time how you're going to handle things. Decide ahead of time with prayer what you're going to do and follow through. Amen? Unless there's a time for mercy. Because God always has mercy, which is, okay, I see that you really, really repented. I see that you really wish you hadn't done this. So this time only, I'm going to show mercy. It's important as a parent to show mercy so that your child understands mercy. So they know there's always hope that if they mess up, that's why you got to get rid of your tyrant control spirit. See, this thing that's pushing in our nation is there's no mercy. I mean, if you have antibodies, no matter, no matter who you are in control, then the mercy would say, well, yeah, they don't, you know, just they shouldn't have to do this. And they may want to call that mercy. Amen. Do you get what I'm saying? We need to be a nation that holds on to mercy. The church needs to hold on to mercy. You don't just write somebody off because they don't want to do what you want them to do. And God's going to get all that in my heart. I can't write you off because you won't listen to me. Amen. I've got to pray for you. I've got to intercede for you. I'm not going to let you drain all the life out of me with manipulation, witchcraft, and control. Amen but I'm not going to judge if you're purposely trying to do that. Can I get an amen? You have to make the decisions, people. You have to make the decisions. Our young people have to make the decisions, but we need to speak the truth, and it has to be in love. Amen? All right. So, we don't use human weapons. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power, to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. All right, get this. Whew. We have spiritual weapons, Holy Spirit empowers, whoops, to destroy people's walls. If you're at prayer meeting this morning, we did some dismantling, amen? Now, if you were here last week, and by the way, the person themselves and somebody else who was here 
both said they had a breakthrough and it brought fruit. Amen? But even if it hadn't, it didn't change what God was trying to do. Amen? When it happened and God brought a really strong correction and there's a prophecy that followed that about, about the whole thing, that it's sin. I never actually saw before how much it was sin in the eyes of God for someone to think they're a victim. I knew it was wrong, but I mean, Lord made it really clear by his spirit last week that it is sin and he's not going to put up with it. Even to the point, if you want to stay a victim, find another place to fellowship because they will pamper you and they'll help you keep your demons and your hurt places and keep coming against God. And maybe in that somewhere, you'll have another opportunity to get sick of that and want to be free. Then come back. Amen. Is she saying we can't come back till we're free? No, I'm saying you can't sit here and want to be a victim. You can sit here and recognize you still have that going on, but you want to be free from it. Amen? Amen? We are going to break the power of this stuff. All right. So, God's weapons... We're not going to get into that. It's going to talk a little bit about it. It's kind of cool because it came right into what we were saying last week. It was like, so what do you do now? What's God saying? What Holy Spirit was saying last week is, what are your weapons? What are your weapons? And then you can see he's casting down imaginations. How cool is that? Because that came up last week. How cool is God? He demonstrated it. We're all in shock. And then he gives us the word. Get ready for that around here. Just get ready for that around here. He's putting this church together exactly how he wants. Amen. And we've never, ever experienced before or seen it done in this place. Amen? It ought to be interesting, but just get ready because he doesn't do things the way we think. All right. But he'll give us scripture every time. He gives us scripture every time. All right. Now, our weapons. I want you to say, my weapons. Full of the Holy Ghost. His divine power. Will effectively dismantle and the defenses that people hide behind. Mental illness, what they call mental illness, is a wall that somebody's hiding behind. And God will give you the weapons to dismantle it. Now, when you think of the word dismantling, don't you realize it's like, take this down, take this down, take this down. And another biblical term is, you have to plunder. You got to bind up that strong man and plunder the house. Get down to the strong man, which is the lie they bought as truth, and go and then cast that out in the name of Jesus because you got rid of all its weapons. Amen. And then bring healing to the brokenhearted place. Amen. Or sometimes you heal, bring, heal, broke, heal the brokenhearted and then cast it out, whichever way Holy Spirit leads. There is a true process to true freedom. Amen. And it's using the weapons of warfare. He wouldn't give us weapons if we didn't need them. If this was all a done deal at salvation, why do we need weapons? Right? So we need them. So get good at them. No one goes, well, I would hope. I think they train. I've never been in the military, nor do I care to be. But from my understanding, they train you before they send you out on the battlefield, correct? Is there any military people here? They, they should train you, right? They should train you and train you and train you. I know police officers are supposed to be trained and trained and trained. Now they're all trying to stop how they train them because they're trained to win. They're not trained to end up in court fighting things. They're trained to win. They're trained to stop 
someone from hurting innocent people. Amen? I'm not saying if I agree with it or not. I'm just saying that's how they're trained. And now everybody's mad because that's how they're trained. We need to train people to respect authority. Now, if somebody respects authority and then the authority is abusive, something needs to happen. But when somebody isn't respecting authority that they should be trained to respect and then somebody else goes to jail because somebody didn't respect their authority, you're, we're really looking at things crumbling. Do you know what the enemy is going, wants to do, what he does? And he's, he, he puts in a police state. He, it comes under the government. It's a military takeover of policing the people. Does anybody think there's mercy in that? Does anybody want to go live in a communist nation and honor their policing? Amen. We need to really pray against this stuff. This is serious stuff. While we're sitting there twiddling our thumbs and so busy, the devil is having a heyday. Wake up, church. We need the whole church waking up and hearing this kind of message. Honest to goodness. Amen. We're really fighting for our nation, and this year is the big battle. God's turned things around. The enemy is on the um, defensive now. 2020, the enemy was on the offensive. 2021 was back and forth. 2022, we got to keep the momentum. The enemy is on the defensive. There's a big difference when somebody's on the defensive, right? They've got to come up with something major to win at that point. And we got to keep them. We can't go to sleep then. Amen? We got to keep them away from the touchdown line. Ho! Oh. I mean, we can't just, okay, we're winning. It doesn't take but one good uh, toss of the ball just right and somebody grabbing it and running through a bunch of people who missed what was going on for the one who is on the defensive to all of a sudden, y'all, I'm not into sports, to all of a sudden be the one who wins, Right? So that's why this is not the time to grow weary. This is the time to block things so good that the Super Bowl is coming up. That's what I'm doing. To block things so good that that people on the defense, the losing team, cannot ho, make a touchdown. Amen? And that's what you have to see in your prayer life. People, as soon as things start going good, you'll sit back and then the devil whams you. What happened? What happened? You let go before you had the victory. When do you get the victory? When you have the victory. In my son's 26-year battle or whatever it was, it started when he was six and he's 35, I think, something like that. 1986, whatever that is. Amen? I kept talking about it's like 16 years. Somebody said, Cindy, you've been saying 16 years for 10 extra years. I'm like, oh. But I, I've never stopped until he got to that report he just got. I knew it wasn't as dangerous, but I didn't stop. If something came or I heard about this, I'd still pray. Amen? So some of you have, we can't grow weary in good doing, and God adds to our faith perseverance. So we got people who still got to get faith. They're going to have quicker looking victories. But somewhere in this battle, you're going to add perseverance. What does that mean? It means that one is not going to go away that easy. God's making the entire church learn some perseverance. But people, we're looking at just going into year three. And everybody acts like, oh my gosh, I've been fighting forever. 
Some battles take 40 years. Some battles take 25 years. This battle is worth taking the rest of your life if that's what it takes. Amen? We are the most wimpy generation. They got us back going through fast food places because they want to feed us anything that won't kill you. Anyway, I don't, I'm not going to say anything because I'm on Facebook, but there's one place that puts acid on their burgers, so be careful. All right. I kind of look at it like this. If you couldn't possibly make it for that amount, there is probably an issue, just so you know. I don't care if it's easy and convenient. Let's start being a little smart. Go look at some of the science and be serious about it. That's one thing. God's got to get us out of the pretended faith. We do all this yelling and screaming and prophesying and things we see and dreams we have, and it doesn't come to pass, and nobody seems to act like it didn't come to pass. You need to stop and face it and say it didn't come to pass. Where did I miss it? I'm going to tell you what, all the prophets who just missed it, because a lot of them missed it. That doesn't mean they're not real. It doesn't mean they're false. It doesn't mean they didn't have part of it. But somewhere in there, they missed part of it. And instead of blaming somebody else, stop and ask God why so he can deal with your heart issue. Amen? That's the key. He's faithful even when we're not. The Bible says he's faithful even when we're not. When it doesn't look like he did what he was supposed to do, he didn't miss it, you did. I don't care how many people call you prophet or apostle or, or whatever they call you. Amen? If you miss it, it's human. It's okay. You should repent. You don't have to repent to everybody else. Just talk to God about it. And be yay the part you didn't miss and ask God to heal you, set you free from the parts that you did. Amen? Time to wake up. It's time for everybody to grow up. God's, God's going to do this thing. All right. So though we live in the natural one, we don't fight like that. So we're going to have to learn how to get spiritual weapons operating. Amen? We've got lots of teaching on that on the mentorship page. Every single spiritual weapon is talked about somewhere. All right, with these, now look, listen to this. With these spiritual weapons, prophecy, word of wisdom, Holy Spirit power, the anointing, whatever, amen? Casting down, with these weapons, we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God. We can break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the mighty one, the anointed one. Okay, that's what, so it was so cool if you were here last week, even though it was intense. What God did after he busted through and basically prophetically said through, through a confirmation also, quit being a victim. I'm not going to put up with it. You're wimping, you're crying, you're thinking of your past. It's not helping you. And then, then, then the Lord had me ask the, the person and everybody who was here really, what do you do now? <gasps> what do you do? You take your weapons. And the first thing he's, and the first thing, I don't know if they said it or I said it or we both said it, but they came up in the conversation. I know I said it, but I think they may cast down imaginations. That's what this is in the other translations. Cast down imaginations that come against the word of God. In other words, it's a weapon. It dismantles. It's not a cute little saying or la I'm not going to think that. It's a weapon. Devil, don't you dare ever make me feel like a victim again who do you think you are in the name of jesus get under my feet 
For I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. What's that? Your sword. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I am the child of the most high God. I am engaged to the king of kings. Amen. I am one who has authority to rule and reign on this earth. No weapon's going to prosper. I am mighty and powerful in Christ Jesus. What is your weapon of warfare? Saying who you are in Christ Jesus out loud with your mouth to the enemy who's tormenting you, talking to you, trying to lie to you, trying to lie about you. And you do it every single time. It takes endurance. It takes persevering. It takes it until the devil is tired of watching you beat his butt. And then I always add in there, how, why do you do that? Well, this is punish their disobedience, but I do it because the Bible says, ask anything, believe in without doubting and your father in heaven will do it for you. So I always ask Satan, get the punishment. I mean that whoever, whatever demons bugging me, tormenting me, lying to me or lying to you, that it gets the punishment of Satan. I figure that's gotta be the worst thing. Well, how do you know? I don't, I don't have to know. It's going to scare the heck out of that demon until we all find out. But it is a promise. If I ask believing without doubting, anything I ask will be done to me by my Father in heaven. I think there's going to be a whole herd of demons that are going to be thrown into whatever the fiery pit and get the same punishment as Satan for all eternity who could have had a lesser punishment except they decided to mess with me. And guess what? They don't mess with me much. If I even get a dream, they're punished. And I really want you to get this. If they, if they get a thought, they're punished. And I want, to, I want them going AWOL. Go and give her this dream. You know what's going to happen. She's going to give me the punishment of Satan. Well, we don't know if it works, but we don't know if it don't. She's not going to believe us. She's going to cast down. And then right after she does all that and says the word and uses the sword, then she's going to give me the punishment of Satan. I'm out of here. Instead of constantly fighting the same mess. Are y'all getting this? I don't care where you walk in God. You do not do this in the natural. You do it in the spirit and you do it in faith. And I'm, I'm living proof that works. All right. I'm living proof that works. Not that you need living proof. There's a lot of living proof. I know I'm living proof. Every time my son got a bad report, I would go and kick the devil. Every demon involved with any of it is going to be one of those that gets the punishment of Satan. Amen? I have a feeling we're going to have our nice little group up there. We might be bigger by then. We'll all get special seating for judgment of the demons. And then there's going to be one little of this big group of demons over there just trembling like, dang, I'm not a big shot. Why am I over here? And then the father's going to say, you. We're going to give you your punishment now. And they're going to be looking like, what do we all have in common? We all messed with that group. And he's going to give them all the punishment of Satan. We're going to be going, yes, daddy, woohoo, go. Amen. You need to have your weapons of warfare natural to you. Not natural ones. I don't know anything what I'm talking about, Holy Spirit. I mean, I know this, but you know, when they, train an off, when they train a police officer, when they train somebody in the military, it become, it's supposed to be first nature to you almost. You know when to shoot. You know what to do. See, that's why the devil's messing all that up. It's not going to make us safer. 
It's not going to make us safer. It's not going to make us good in the military. If I have to second guess and try to figure out what to do instead of have an automatic know what to do because of training, then there's tons of room for error. There are going to be more casualties, not less. Second guessing is going to cause more straight out fights. And this, you see what I'm saying? We need, I'm not saying they don't need to sit there and figure out how to train and what to do and, and all that. I'm just saying this whole idea of watering all that down is Satan's idea of what he's done. It's what he's done in the body of Christ, you guys. It's what he's done. Everything in our world is what is going on in our churches. You better know, I'm not letting a single one get away without punishing it. Amen? I'm not letting it get away without punishing it. Yeah, you might have to spend some time. You might actually have to pray some. You might have to turn off the TV. You might not get your sit-down, cool-off time. You might just have to start having a lot of fun doing what God wants you to do. Amen? It's fun because the Holy Spirit's with you. He's hanging out with you. And you're going to be worshiping God, and you're going to watch it work. And every single thing is going to change because you're going to dismantle what the devils come against your home, your children, your marriage, your finances. Amen. You're going to dismantle what he, we're dismantling what he's trying to do to our nation. Amen. You know, the devil's nervous when he starts watching people rise up. All he's been trying to do, he can't, he knows he cannot make Christ come back sooner. He knows the word. He knows Christ isn't coming back till his bride's ready. He's not coming back till the harvest comes. He is just trying to give himself more time by bringing us into the dark ages. So we got to come all the way back up and do all this again. Right? He's done it before. He did it in the dark ages before and he came back with what? Catholicism, religion, organized religion. And we've been getting away from that all this time. But I think the time is near. God's coming soon. He's not, he's, not going to, he's not going to let this go in the dark ages because he has a people who will fight. Amen? All right. So we demolish every deceptive fantasy, which is thought. All right. When you think of fantasy, you think of things going on in your thinking, in your imagination, in your brain, right? Okay, our whole culture is all about fantasizing. Oh, what if you do, what if you get the biggest deer, <laughs> you know, but, but think of what they're doing with their young people. Oh, but what if you were a boy? Oh, what if you were a girl? Oh, what if you had this? The whole idea, ooh, okay. The whole idea of fantasizing is to mm, mm, visualize what the enemy wants you to see that would be better for you. Let the enemy use your pain, your hurt, and your abuse to have you begin to fantasize what needs to happen. Somebody needs to take care of me. I should have been a boy instead of a girl. I should, I should have never. You see what I'm saying? Just, just putting those fantasies. So then he could take you down seeing that. Let me tell you something. What you, hope is the substance. I mean, faith is the substance of things hoped for, expected, but not seen yet. Okay. Everything goes. We start with what we see. Without vision, my people perish. So we start with what we see. So let's say you're a young person and you've been hurt. You need to start seeing God's got, let's say you're a woman. You're a teenage woman and you've been really hurt. You need to see, no, God has the family for me. He has a godly husband who is going to love me, take care of me, led by Holy Spirit, 
And, and everything the devil's going to do in you, if he's really messing with you, is going to try to make you hate that vision. And he'll try to have you fantasize a vision without the godly husband, a vision of having children but no husband. You see what I'm saying? You've got to bust that. You've got to agree with God's vision from his word and realize, God, you've got to make this vision real for me. Right now, I'm so wounded, I don't want that vision. I've been molested. I've been hurt. I've been beaten. I've been abused. I've seen a terrible marriage. Whatever it is, amen? I don't want that vision. And Satan's going to try to give you his vision. Because you got to have vision. But he said, no, God, I'm going to hold on to your vision. And Holy Spirit, you are going to bring this to pass. And you're going to heal me. And you're going to set me free. And you're going to make this the most glorious thing ever. Amen. I, mm, those who have known me a long time, I have held on to this vision of my calling. And I preach it even when there's 10 people in the room. And I believe it. And God's done all these things and built all these things. No one, I don't believe, has a strong a teaching, hundreds of teaching videos and all, with such a small ministry. Amen. And God just gives us money to do that. We don't know how. He just does. Amen. He takes care of us. He's amazing. He's amazing. Amen. But I never let go of the vision. I don't settle for what I can do that would be okay. I want what God has given me to believe for. Amen. You need that for your marriages. You need that for having children. You cannot settle for all the pain and hurt and settle for what the devil has. You need the vision God has for your life. And if you don't agree with his vision... You need to start asking God to heal you and set you free so you can agree with his vision. Amen? So this is talking about get rid of the wrong fantasies. That's why the enemy is so able to do such evil. Now he can, through the computer, through the internet, through the garbage, where you can watch garbage from your home anytime, but they try to keep anything about God away from you. And you can start imagining these horrific fantasy deceptions some of you some of it's a fantasy <laughs> what you're thinking is a relationship you need to deal with this you need to cast down these fantasies you need to get out of pornography completely you need to get out of everything perverted and perversion you've got to get out of watching stuff that is fine-tuning your spirit mind, which is where you're supposed to hold vision that God has for you. Vision for an awesome big worship team. Amen? With more gifted musicians like the great ones we have. Amen? Do you know how much I hold vision for more of you to be preaching and teaching? I still hold a vision for this to be open at least six days a week and different people from here, up here, preaching and teaching and ministering to people what God has taught you that you've been set free from. Entire topics, like one night a week for people who've ever felt like a victim can come and different people who've overcome feeling like a victim can help them. One night a week where people who are looking for godly marriages can come and people who've overcome and watch God heal marriages will come. Wouldn't that be cool? You can just decide what night you need to go to what. It'd be like ongoing conferences that you can go to and people who know who they are in God and what they've overcome can pour out and share. Pray for, prophesy over, see, fall out. How many know I can't do all that, nor is it my calling to do all that? Amen. 
But he, he never lets me let go of the vision. I don't want to let go of the vision. The devil wants to compromise. Everyone wants to suck you down into let's be a cute little local church and just hang out with me all the time and help me get free. Not. <laughs> Amen. And then the whole time, when it's not time for this yet, he's got us in this nation and preaching these pastors and doing this and has technical people. He's amazing how he puts things together. Thank God he didn't open the doors before he's supposed to open the doors because I'd have been a mess. I'd have hurt people. Amen? But I, I'm thankful for God who knows what he's doing and how to do it. And I'm going to hold on to vision. Everyone in here needs to get vision for your marriage, vision for your children, not telling them what to do, but vision for their lives, vision for your callings, and vision, vision, get rid of the vision of retirement. That is from the pit of hell. To go waste your life. To go waste your life now that you have time and some finances. What? How disgusting is that? Yeah, take a break if you want, maybe. Call, they call it sabbaticals, not retirement. Amen? So that you can go hang out with God and see what to do. But then find something you love to do led by God and now do it. I think we're about to have the largest group of people who are fired up for God, who've gone through tons of teaching and training, who are going to have time. Mm. Where the enemy's trying to make this all about the younger generation, God's got other plans. Amen? God's got other plans. He's never made this all about a young generation. The young generation has got to go through the fire. The young generation has got to learn and humble themselves and, and honor those who've walked somewhere they haven't walked yet. Amen? But there needs to come a generation who quits sitting in a pew. No wonder they're called pews. And begins to be doers in a powerful way now that they have time. And I'm just going to say this. And not sitting on the beach and fishing all the time. As if that glorifies God. I pray right now everybody on retirement who's thinking about and doing selfish things. Gets so bored they cannot stand it. And they go and connect to what God has for their call on their life. Amen. I don't even think retirement. I haven't even started yet because my vision hasn't even gotten close to coming to pass. But think about it because how the devil kicks us all out at 65 or whatever and tells us to go, go get dementia, watch stupid TV and get dementia. Don't know how to do anything. Don't study anything. Don't do anything. And God's like, wait a minute, I got this entire powerful army. They're doing this at Rick Joyner's, his retirement thing there. There's this whole powerful army who now do not have to get up to go make finances, for the most part, who can go wherever, whenever, however God wants them to, especially trusting him to give you the finances, and have the greatest, greatest time of their life serving God. Dag, that scares the devil to bits because the U.S. of A. is so... No wonder, no wonder Florida is really rising up right now. All those spirit-filled retirees are praying and seeking God and being stirred up. Amen? So when you're sitting here thinking you're too old, let me say this. Can you please get past your dumb issues and your victim stuff? This is the season that you could shine, but you better start believing what God says or you are going to miss it. And I'm not babysitting you anymore. There's a lot of new people who need to come in here who are going to need a lot. Now he has me doing all this in Nags Head. I got a, there's a whole new group over in Nags Head. 
So I don't know what he's going to do with that. We'll find out. But I'm going to tell you what. You need to listen to what God said last week and get past being a victim on your 30th year in, in, as a Christian. Amen? And he says, you demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God. Break through. You break through your arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. It is an arrogant attitude to think that what happened to you at the hands of a person in your past who was demonized, it is an arrogant attitude. It's sin against God to think that God is not bigger than that and that you can't overcome. Amen? Let me just say, it is a sin to, it is a sin to let what happened to your ancestors or even your parents or even you determine who you are now. I'm a new creation in Christ. Here's the sad thing. People become a new creation in Christ Jesus, but they live like they're not. You still live like a victim, though he set you free. Amen? We're a royal priesthood. We are royal priesthood. We are, to be honest, the only privileged people. You're not going to make me ashamed for being privileged. It is a privilege to walk with God, to know God, to hear God, to have authority in God, to have God living inside of me, to know that no weapon formed against me can prosper, to know that he takes care of every one of my needs according to the riches in Christ Jesus, that he is amazing and powerful and awesome. And you want me to apologize for that? You can forget it. Can you understand what the enemy's doing in our culture to try to cause the church? Not that, you know what? The church is already doing the wrong stuff, which is why it's being released in. Mm, it's the victim mentality being pampered in the church that's releasing this mess in our culture to keep victims. So it's not happening here. Amen? We did something really about it. We really taught you truth. We really did heal in the brokenhearted. We moved in the gifts of the spirit. We are not pampering a demonic, demonic, defiant vision of fantasy that makes God less than who he is. Does everybody get that? Everybody in agreement say amen. amen. Woo, amen. How many know when people walk through those doors with their <laughs> defiant fantasy and their arrogant attitude towards God, we are going to love them into wholeness and then we're going to slap them upside the head with the word of God and see them set free. Amen? Where's that Bible? Get thee behind me, Satan. That's what Jesus said to one of his main followers who began to buy the lies that you can't do this, God can't do this. This isn't how God would do this. God wouldn't do this. And Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan. Every, I don't think he whispered it. I don't think he was whispering when he went into the money changers in the temple, which is going to happen in the church. And he starts throwing tables and gets a whip and starts whipping everything and knocking the cage. I don't think he went in there like, this is upsetting my father, you know. Can somebody help me push this table over? Go read it. See the fire in his eyes. That is apostolic. That is apostolic. That's coming back to a church near you. Amen? It's the motive of trying to make money off a ministry that God is going to go and destroy. 
And I think part of what's happening in 2020, 2021, and 2022, and even the whole information thing is busting that all up. I don't have to buy your book. There's a million teachings free on YouTube. <laughs> if I'm led to buy your book, I will. If I'm led to give to your ministry, I will. But I don't have to. If you can't get fed today in America, something's wrong with you. But let me say this, they're trying to make sure you can't get fed. So we got to really keep pushing. Amen. We got to push the enemy back. We are really a nation that has, just like in the natural, we have more food than anybody. But we do not want the fast food version. We no longer want to feed ourselves on unnutritious stuff and sugar-coated mess all the time. And isn't it funny that those, not funny, haha, but isn't it something that the bad thing that's been released in 2020 really attacks people with those kind of health problems. If that's not prophetic people, y'all don't know God. Amen. God is prophetic. Everything is prophetic. So you think everything's prophetic? Yes. I do think about everything's prophetic. In my life, everything's prophetic. You know, I had these five flies at Nagshead. And um, so I, I got one of those little things you put in your house. It's kind of gross. And it's got sticky stuff on it. It's kind of pretty colors. Because I thought, I'm not going to bomb this whole house for five flies. And I watched them get zapped. And then there was two more flies. I'm like, oh. And those flies were too smart than to land on that thing with their brother flies dead. So I finally went and bombed the whole house with all this stuff and gagged getting out of the house and everything. And finally I was like, Lord, this is prophetic. And he said, look up flies. I could have saved myself all that trouble. And go read, I think it's, it's actually Psalm 79 that talks about the flies. It's the whole thing about Moses, which got me to the message for today that we did at prayer time. How cool is God? He let seven little flies bug me enough to get me into scripture to get in the right Psalms. Does she believe that? Yes, I really believe that. I believe so many people are asleep to how powerful and how much God is talking to us. Amen? And we're going to wake up and have this great, great time in God. All right. I'm sorry, this is taking a while. Let me, we're almost done, kind of. All right. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy. Okay, it says we can. Say, I can. And I will demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God. I will break through every arrogant attitude inside of myself that rises up in defiance of the true knowledge of God, who he really is, how good he really is, how powerful he is. Amen. We capture. Okay, here's what I'm going to capture. Like a prisoner. Every single thought. And I'm going to make it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Okay, what am I showing you? You have to do this. This is your training. And once you get well-trained, it just becomes automatic. You'll start to get that little thought about your husband doesn't love you. And you just stop. God, I thank you for my husband. Lord, he's one of the most 
responsible people I've ever met. God, I know he loves me. He loves our sons. God, I thank you for all that he does. I thank you. He's made a way, God, that I could do this and not have to take a big income. And God, you're amazing, Lord, that you moved on him and he bought the beach house for retreats. And he's an amazing guy. See, what you did right away, forget that thought. I'm going to speak truth. I'm going to speak God's truth. This, you can watch the Psalms and you'll see where David's kind of whiny, 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 but God always turns him around to say what God says, to say who God is. Amen. That's how you really win. That's how you win. But the quicker you take that thought captive and you don't let it run off into an entire discussion, you will not live in torment. So whatever your thing is, whether it's sickness, whether it's uh, hurt, whatever, you take it captive. If you're, if you're struggling with something, let's say, let's say with, if you're teaching your kids or your grandkids and they're not sure because we have such ridiculous stuff being released in our culture. We, our culture went from statistics from like 1% of people um, not knowing their identity, their gender identity, to 30% in two years. Don't tell me it's not taught. You're not born that way. You're taught to be that way. Amen? From 1%, and that 1% were probably people whose parents wanted the different gender inside the womb. And they really did seem like they were born that way. And that's another whole deliverance teaching. Amen? But for the rest, it's taught. It's always taught. And now because it's everywhere and being released, it magically goes from 1% or 2% to 30%. Wake up, everybody. 30% of the kids in our na nation do not know any longer if they're male or female or how God made them. Nothing magical happened. What happened was media started filling their fantasies with these lies. And then if you're a normal, if you're a normal teenager and not a crazy uh, sex pot teenager, then girls like to hang out with their girlfriends and guys like to hang out with their guy friends and guys go and do dirt bike riding and hunting or fishing or whatever you do and girls go and giggle and talk about you guys doing all that or whatever, you know, fix our hair, you know, try on 12, you know, go into the store and try on 12 outfits knowing we don't have the money back then to buy it, amen, whatever you do. And there's, there's other examples. There's girls who like to be outside and this and that. I'm not trying to... But you know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is we went from that to now, oh, I do like to be with my girlfriends better than thinking about boys. I must be, I must really, I must really be a, I must really be a, a boy in a girl body or I'm a, you know, it's ridiculous. It's just totally, absolutely sick, demonic, ridiculous. And it's a big issue in our culture 30% people of young people. So we got to quit pretending this stuff isn't happening and just acting like there's not something behind it. And we need to help them learn to take every thought captive. So if I had a child in that situation, I wouldn't condemn them. I wouldn't shame them. I wouldn't try to beat them. I would say, you know what? We're going to do this warfare. So every time you get that thought, because I'm sure you're getting it. I mean, you've been hurt. You've been wounded. Some people haven't even hurt and wounded. It's just what society's doing. You, I want you to take that thought captive. So what you're going to do, here's your battle plan. I am created in the image of God, male and female. He made us. He made me female. Every time. You don't even let it go to phase two or phase three. 
Thank you, God. I made in your image and your likeness. You made the male and female, and I'm female. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I've had little children who did not know. And you couldn't get into a lot of deep scripture with them. So I would say to them, boy or girl, and it's in scripture, you can look it up. God gave me the scripture. And I would say to this little five-year-old, six-year-old, I'd say, well, if you were outside, well, let's just say, can, can you pee on a tree? I'd say, the Bible says, well, but let's make it more for our day. Can you pee on a tree? If it's a little boy, oh, yeah. If it's a little girl, no. Well, if you can pee on a tree, you're a boy. That's what God says. That's how hard. This is not difficult. Amen. I, I kind of, with the crazy world we live in, if you have grandchildren or your children, I think you ought to have this cute little discussion with them in a cute little way. Because you want that seed planted so deep in them so early. Amen. You don't have to get into all the details and make them think about stuff they shouldn't be thinking about. Amen. Even though our entire culture is, our perverted, perverted education system is doing things in secret. And you need to have really discussions every single day about what did you learn in school without jumping down their throats. And then you bring truth. But just think about it. If we live in a culture that has 30% of the kids not knowing if they're boy or girl or who they're supposed to be, what their role is supposed to be in relationships, right? Start when they're young. I mean, I'm not kidding. I mean, I don't want them. I mean, I could just say little boys... My little boys weren't necessarily fond of clothes. Like you put them outside in a diaper, and you go out there, and there would be no diaper. Like get in the. We had a fence in the yard, and it was tall fence. Okay, so like, get in the house, and they're, uh, they're like, you're not supposed to do that in the yard, and they're not. But you could actually turn this into a good learning experience. You know, you can only do that because you're a boy. Girls can't do that. I won't get into all that, but dig. It makes it hard on the mission field. That's all I'm going to say. I have to bring a big plastic Hardy's cup, and the guys don't, if you go on real deep missions. Amen? Because we've all made this a no-talk topic, so we've let the world take over with their fancy words and their perverted thinking and try to mess up our kids because we got to be too cutesy. Amen? It's time to be real. If you got your grandbabies over there, from the day they're little, if they're a boy, talk about what a good boy you are. What a, I'm so happy that God made you a boy. That's so awesome. You know, let me say, this is something grandparents can do because your kids, whether they're going after God or not, they like you to babysit. You know, we, we, we'd smile, but the truth is we never thought we'd have to reinforce this, but we need to reinforce this. Because they go to school and they start right away saying, well, who do you want to be today? Okay, all those who think they're a girl, today I want you to pretend you're a boy. What do you say? I want you to fantasize about being a boy. This is what they're doing, y'all. And some of you don't have an option but to have them in schools. So you have better, better they, they will be more influenced by you if you're powerful in their life, if you love them, if you take them to church, and if you speak the truth in love. 
like laughing. So let's say they come home and they say, they told us today we're supposed to pretend to be a boy. Well, you know, you know, you know how to cast on imagination. So did you just go ahead and pretend, just know that you were a girl? Don't you do it. You just know you're a girl. You just sit there and you just take that time of pretending to know that you're a woman. Amen. You have to train them. We have to train them. Amen. You can train your grandchildren. Don't, just don't do it in a preachy way. So let's say you have grandchildren, they're over, and you say, yeah, you know, do they ever do pretend things at school? And if they say this is what they do, say, you know what? We don't pretend anything that doesn't line up with what God did. But you don't have to tell everybody. So when they're all doing that, pretend you are who you are and helping the teacher know who she is. Okay, let me tell you something. We live in an age where you need to know ahead of time what to do. See, mm, this is good. When we're talking about these weapons, these apostolic powerful weapons, amen? When people are trained in the military, when people are trained in the police force, when they're really trained, they know what to do ahead of time. They don't even have time to think. See what the devil's trying to get rid of? So there's more casualties, more mess. Amen? You need to make sure that you train up. You get trained yourself. You train up your grandchildren. You train up your kids. Amen? Don't push it. Don't be nuts with it. Especially if they're, you know, but you just say, you know, you know, just say, I'm so glad you're a boy or hug them. Make them, make them know who they are in Christ. Amen? Don't say what the devil wants you to say, no matter what. All right, we don't have time. But did everybody see how this went along with, um, we'll, we'll, we'll finish it maybe Tuesday night. Second, somebody remember 2 Corinthians 10, 7. But does everybody see that this is, God has got an anointing now to teach us this? Does everybody feel that? Like it's a practical anointing. It's cast down those imaginations. Now, don't think you're casting them down if you're looking at garbage on the computer or on movie screens. Quit, quit fooling yourself. You're double-minded. You're not trying to go after God. But I'm going to tell you something about warfare. Know ahead of time. Prepare your kids ahead of time. What do you say if this happens? Amen. What do you say if, if this happens? You don't do it in fear. You do it in faith. You begin now to let your daughters know they're beautiful women of God. Amen. You let them know you're so, you let your sons know you're a powerful, awesome man of God. Amen. Or like, like just encourage them in the things that are manly for the guys and in things that are feminine for the women. Amen. Do it all the time. Go against what the culture is doing. You know, do that. Come on. If you parent it led by Holy Ghost, when your kids did you know, crazy little stuff, you didn't make them feel bad. See, this generation of Jezebel, she wants to make all the men feel like they're terrible, like if they hold a gun. Like I, I posted a picture with my sons when they were all like five or something. They all got guns at the same time, little toy guns, not real guns. And they're all sitting there with these little guns. My dad's the only one who give us guns at that age. But, you know, doing all these poses. And I don't care. I put it on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? It's cute. You can play cow, cowboys. You can play cowboys. You don't, you don't have to fight Indians if you don't want to. But, you know, do, you know, do, you see what I'm saying? It's like try to get rid of everything. Okay, let's be hunters then. Oh, we can't hunt. We can hunt. We need to eat. Amen. We need to, the way things are going, we may all need to eat. Amen. So, so I'm just saying, think of ways that you can encourage them 
and who God's made them to be. And you can study that to see what that is. It doesn't mean they can't be artistic. Amen. But, we, mm, but see who God's made them to be. But make the, what, they, what God's made an artistic man to be. Don't feminize it. Don't feminize it. If you start seeing a feminine spirit come on them, get them deliverance. So you can be an artist without acting like you're a woman. You can like decorating and moving. It's good. You got muscles. You can move the furniture easier. That doesn't mean you have to take on a feminine spirit to enjoy arranging furniture and enjoy the kind of art. If that's what they're really geared to do, you can kind of see where we personally stereotype things to a point where a spirit comes on the people who are who love doing something that seems to be feminine in our stereotypes amen we need to break the stereotypes recognize it but keep the masculine what, what's the masculinity you guys have this hormone that gives you muscles look how messed up things are now okay i, I wasn't planning on this somebody needs to hear this we got people with kids people are watching you need to recognize how you don't have to feminize a man because he likes um, whatever he likes. Amen? It's not about what they like in the sense of what makes them masculine or feminine. What makes them masculine, to be quite honest, is that you have a hormone given to you by God that happens to work with all the body parts. We won't get into all that but it makes you able to have muscles. It makes you able to grow facial hair, most of you. It makes you um, able to stand, you're taller. You, you see what I'm saying? So we don't, we have to get rid of making them think they can't do a certain thing. So then they take on a feminine spirit when they do that artist thing or whatever. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the same thing both ways. We've got to get rid of that kind of thinking and recognize what does God say? I don't know how I'm getting at this. What does God say? What makes a man a man? What makes a woman a woman? And then all the other fluff we culturally put around that, we can do away with that. Because we didn't do away with that, you have people confused. Because if God really put in you to be artistic... Like you really have that gift to be artistic and you grew up with your dad trying to make sure you weren't artistic because he's not a man and they start questioning his masculinity. That spirit of doubt gets in there. That spirit of fear gets in there. Do you see what I'm saying? Dang, this could be a whole conference, couldn't it? So, so we need to do our part led by the Holy Spirit to reinforce who they are in Christ. It means a girl can go climb a tree and she's still a girl. Amen? Just tell her not to do it with just a dress on. <laughs> Put your shorts on. You're going to climb that tree. Amen? So, Father, help us in this hour we're living in. Help us, Lord, to be so relevant to helping our children and our grandchildren. Make us excited about being able, not through a hyper-spirituality, but with a reality of who you are and an understanding of what they're going through, what they're dealing with, God, that we can be light and darkness, God. Father, set us free from all religion. Set us free from everything religious. Let us be the most practical but, but Holy Spirit-led people there are, God. And help us, God, to turn things around 
for your glory. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you. 